0: Lord, speak to us now as we consider your word by the power of your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. So it begins our reading from Luke's Gospel. And I witness account from Jesus of his time in the wilderness where his ministry was tempted through temptation, while tested through temptation, By the devil. And being, of course, the first Sunday of Lent, it's appropriate that we should once again look not only at some of the temptations that Jesus faced, but all the temptations that we face as well. The question I want to have in our minds this morning is a very straightforward one How do we resist succumbing to temptation, especially the temptations that threaten our very identity and who we are as people and Christians? It's an important question because, as we know, temptation itself is not a sin. In that passage, the word temptation means to test. The difficulty comes when we succumb to temptation, when we step over the line. I was reflecting this week on how sometimes the mighty can fall. I was trying to find an illustration um, in the newspapers this morning. Couldn't find any, but of course it's all full of the Ukraine and things like that. But often on a Sunday, you can open your newspaper and see the latest celebrity who has fallen: drugs habit, adultery, drink, all them, all the rest of it. A fundamental flaw in their character has been exposed. Each face temptation and succumb to it to a devastating effect, even if it made me think it's not temptation in the first place, if you get where I'm coming from. We've got to ask ourselves, well, how does it happen? These people are gifted, talented, have seemingly everything going for them. Yet there's something in their character which caused them to fall. We can have different reactions two to their fall, or other people's fall. Disappointment, sadness or concern, we can also take great delight in some of us fall as well. That sort of, I told you so, holier than thou, anti-attitude. Until, of course, we recognise that we too face the same or similar temptations or flaws in our own characters. And we too have the capacity to fall. Perhaps not quite so publicly, but perhaps equally as dramatically. We face temptations every day, at work, at home, to be like others, to behave like others, maybe to grab power, to make one area of our lives so much more important than the other. We all have the same capacity to fall, like everybody else. as is often said, there for the the grace of God, go I. So how do we resist succumbing to temptation? And passage, of course, gives us some clues the first, one want to make some preliminary comments. And the first thing to say is that Jesus' whole ministry was at stake in this period. Jesus had just been anointed as the Son of God. Of course, he was the Son of God, but his ministry is now uh, being recognised. But now his ministry was being tested. Jesus' ministry was at stake. And I would say that Jesus' temptations were very real. And the same ones that we face are very real as well. Jesus was not just some sort of superman. He was both human and divine, fully human and fully div- divine. He was both man and God. And Jesus' messiahship was being tested. Therefore his temptations were real and the consequences, had he succumbed, would have been devastating. The second thing says that Jesus' temptations were different as well. They were di- they, although Jesus was tempted, the temptations were his own. They were unique to him. Therefore, as one commentator said, there's no temptation for us to turn bread into stones, into bread, or leap from a temple pinnacle. Jesus, in one sense, was bound by our own limitations. However, our temptations are no less real than Jesus. Well, how does this passage help us to resist temptation? Well, it tells us where temptation comes from. It's important to know who your enemy is. In the two world wars, we knew our enemy. In the Cold War, we knew our enemy. Today, the Ukrainians know their enemy. And they're struggling, of course, to resist the mighty power of Russia. However, the Bible tells us who our real enemy is. Look at verses 1 and 2a. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. Temptation comes from the devil. So when we resist temptation on one level, we are resisting the devil. The devil enjoys nothing more than when Christians succumb to temptation and we use any method to encourage it, often subtle. It's not only the devil who tempts, that's sometimes too convenient to blame it on someone else, Temptation also comes from within, our fallenness. Jesus did not have a flaw in his character. His temptations came from outside. We as our three only characters can testify have flaws, or people we know have flaws. Temptation comes from within. The devil, of course, can use a temptation from within, but it still comes from a different place to outside. Although God, also thirdly, although God does not tempt, he does allow temptation. Look again at verses 1 and 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit from his baptism, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. God, by the Holy Spirit, led Jesus to a place of reflection, the wilderness, but also where he knew he would be tested. Why? Well, of course, as I've said, this is a very important time for Jesus. He was about to begin his public ministry. He had to face some crucial questions. What sort of Messiah was he going to be? Was he going to use his power to establish a mighty kingdom to rule the world in righteousness? Was he going to use his power to work in, if, if this is not a contradiction in terms of pointless miracles. God allowed Jesus to be tempted to clarify and confirm his Messiahship. It was in his plan. When Jesus' echo the temptations in the wilderness of Israel, the forty here is significant, succeeded where they failed. Jesus' temptations threatened his very identity, his Messiahship, who he was but God allows us to be tempted. Look at the culture we're setting, the issues we face daily, the images we are bombarded with, the behavior of so-called role models. Jesus allows temptation to happen in the culture that we live in. Why? On one level, who knows? It could be a test of our faith. It could be to clarify a calling. It could be a variety of different things. What we do know is that God allows it. And in some ways, we have to live with the tension of that. We also know that if we succumb to temptation, it affects our relationship with God and each other. The passage also shows us an the areas in which we could be tempted. And they all revolve around power and weakness, some more than others. Each used their, power. of course, in in, in the passage, there the, the, the was power and influence apparently, um, in dub. Oh, hang on, come back to that. Uh, when we see people fall, often they use their power and influence in apparently dubious ways. Jesus tempted three times to abuse the power of God to his own ends. Remember, as I say, Jesus had just been baptized. He heard a voice from heaven which said, "Thou art my beloved Son; with thee." I am well pleased with you. I am well pleased. You are my son. You are the son of God. The devil tested him in that area. The question in verse three and verse nine: If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, then use your power to turn these stones into bread. Jesus is hungry. He has spent forty days fasting in the wilderness. The temptation for Jesus to supply his own personal legitimate needs must have been great. But why not? Why shouldn't he do this? Well, didn't God supply manna for the people of Israel in the desert? He could have turned the stones to bread. He could have gone on and created unimagined wealth. Jesus' answer from Deuteronomy 8.3 shows that we must be concerned with other things apart from our own personal physical needs. Jesus resisted temptation by referring to the scriptures. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He would not use his power in this way. Jesus' messiahship was about being focused on God and his provision. The second temptation was also one of power. The devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, that it has been delivered to me, and I give it to him who I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. The temptation for Jesus to accept this power would have been great. Jesus could have established a kingdom far mightier than the Roman Empire. He could have ruled with justice. But for Jesus, it would have meant an unacceptable compromise. As one commentator put it, it meant casting out devils by Beelzebub. For Jesus, it would also meant turning his back on his father's calling. His kingdom was not one of earthly power. He identified with sinners. He mixed with the outcast. It meant following in the way of the cross. The temptations of power are great. The temptation to achieve power through unacceptable compromise is also great as well. Do we try and um, get power through compromise? Where do we act in the way the world acts to achieve power even though that might be subtle power or power in your sphere of influence? Jesus again resisted temptation by quoting scripture. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. He didn't worship the devil. And the third tip was the temptation to do signs from God. The devil took Jesus up to the temple and said that if he threw himself down, the angels will come and have charge over him. The devil justified it by misquoting scripture for his own purposes. I'm sure none of us have ever done that in our time. He will give his angels charge of you to guard you, in part of the um, reading we heard from Psalm chapter 19 and verse 11. And on their hands they'll bear you up, they shall strike your foot against a stone. Again, Jesus resisted temptation with another quote from Deuteronomy 6.16. You shall not tempt the Lord our your God. He was not going to challenge God. He was not going to prove his promises. Many of us here... If not all of us, believe it or not, have some kind of power, some kind of influence. The question is, how do we exert it? How do we use our power and our influence in our place to influence others for good or for bad? And of course, many of us, when we have power, will want a little bit more. We need to be careful. Lord Acton in 1887 said this, Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Of course, power is a fact of life and can be used in different ways. Jesus' model was to reject the abuse of power. If anything, he relinquished power. And yet, that took him to the cross, where he was devoid of strength. But ultimately, he was at his most powerful at that point. We just need to be careful. Careful as people in how we use our power to influence others. I wonder what the temptations that we will face this week, maybe power, influence, peer pressure, self-esteem, honesty, integrity, all those kind of things. I wonder where we will succumb to temptation in our own lives, knowingly or unknowingly. Of course, these things may seem a bit sort of trivial in lots of ways, but actually, if we succumb to temptation, they actually hit our identity and our integrity and who we are. The question is, how will we resist temptation? Well, we need to understand where they come from. We need to understand ourselves. We need to own our weakness. We need to rely on God. We need to focus on Scripture. Very easy things to say and very um, familiar things to say as well, but actually difficult to put into practice. Jesus resisted temptation through a specific part of Deuteronomy, a part when the people of God were in the wilderness, and mirroring Jesus' own experience, we can resist by mentally quoting Scripture or, act- or, or, or acting consistently with Scripture. And that all devil, not all temptation comes from the devil; comes some comes within, within our flawed nature. The challenge, I believe, for all of us is to behave scripturally where possible. That's a big challenge, of course. Not everything is black and white. There are nuances out there. So sometimes I have to wrestle with Scripture to know how to behave. All of us will face compromise. My hope is that each of us will go into this new week knowing that we're strengthened and empowered by God to live a life for Him. But of course, the, temp- the warning, the final warning, is this, that none of us will ever be free from temptation. Look at the, um, verse 13. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. There seem to be many times throughout Jesus' ministry when he was tempted, none so more when faced with the cross and then actually on the cross itself. As Jesus was never free from temptation, then neither were we. But with God's grace, let us walk closely with Jesus and trust in him. And when we do fall, Repent and turn back to the Lord.